Maradona. Hello and welcome to Disinfect, the podcast where we air out the worst songs ever recorded. Developed and co-hosted by me, Matt Deal, and co-creator, host at large, and all-around music obsessive, Morris Bernstein. Today we are disinfecting Madonna's cover of American Pie by Don McLean. If that doesn't scare you, nothing will. And, and by the way, um, Madonna's version of American Pie was voted the worst cover song ever. What did Enemy called it sub karaoke fluff? That's sub good. karaoke fluff. <laughs> yep, you've got It's a blessing she didn't bother recording the whole thing, Chuck Taylor from Billboard. <laughs> the song was actually voted um by the spectator. Again, the spectator. Again, the spectator. Well, it's the same. Okay. It was the same poll where where Love Will Tear Us Apart <laughs> came it. in number two. I, I, I just thought now the spectator. All it does is it talks about bad cover songs. This came in as the as the as the worst cover song. Um, yeah. What it uh, what it it said? The old trout wins another prize. Never has she deserved one more. Excellent. Now that's a bit harsh. I think that's a bit harsh. I think calling her a trout. Is actually quite kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Madonna is a serious cultural figure. I, I, I give her credit. Uh, I mean, look, I listen. Like, kudos to her. She, you know, she certainly she's one of the smartest people in in show business, male or female. So, total kudos to her. What's What's interesting about this song in particular is that it was coming at an absolute high point in madonna's career oh my god she so to sort of put madonna covering american pie in context if you look at it now american pie is sort of a kind of embarrassing boomer rosetta stone it's don't stop believing in a way yeah everyone knows how to sing it they don't just don't know all the verses well neither does madonna (laughs) right she she left him out yeah but uh, you know, so so it's a very famous song, and it's it's a, it captures this sort of generational malaise. It's it's about the the day Buddy Holly died. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also ties into like Charles Manson, Altamont, the JFK assassination, um, and it does so in a way that's very ambitious, but of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, Don McLean. He was sort of the tail end of what are known as the New Dillons, mm-hmm. I guess. So if you, you know, so imagine if every white guy with an acoustic guitar like pushed himself to his artistic and poetic limits. I mean, that's, you know, this was what, what was happening. And not every white guy with an acoustic guitar is Bob Dylan. It, those limits are not pretty. And the New Dillons, when they failed, they failed because they couldn't let go of the sentimental or the obvious. That was the thing that Dylan rejected you know what i mean and so they were trying to be poetic and huge and in fact they were being kind of cliched um and so 
like like this this song has cliches Dylan would never touch. Good old boys, you know. I mean, drive the Chevy to the levee. Yeah, which is actually kind of an amazing syncopated lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wanted to stop you for a second because you've left out two very important people who the song is about as well. It's not just about Buddy Holly. Yeah. It's about Richie Valens. Yes, of course. And the Big Bopper. Big Bopper, who died so, along it, with Billy Holly. So they, Holly yeah, Buddy so Holly. I, I think that, you know, because they were very, and that's why the day the music died, because yes. those were probably three of the most important artists in, in the history of rock and roll. In, 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 in rock and roll, which was just being born at the time. So to lose three that it it makes sense that he's saying the day the music died yeah know? and he literally i think he, he was affected by it mm-hmm. and wrote it from yes his feelings yeah. um which is kind of you know that's sincere so it's hard to say if american pie is a good song or not it's it's uh, i would say it's somewhere between a good song and a bad song it's very memorable mm-hmm. but if you break it down it's probably a bad song but it's, I'd say it's a good song, the fact it stood the test of time. Well, it's got to be 50 years old now, that song. Uh, it is 38 years old. It's only no, 30, no, 48, 48. 48, so it's almost 50 years old. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Everybody can sing the chorus. I think that's, that makes a good song. And I also think Madonna was sort of trying to connect the sort of the generational malaise of American Pie with the sort of the Y4K sort of uh, generational malaise. It was the year 2000. Nobody knew what was going to happen next. It was apocalyptic in the... I think you're going a bit too deep. I think I'm a, it was I'm a, a very, music critic. Okay? very bad decision by an A&R <laughs> man sitting in a room with a big pile of cocaine in front of him. And I got a great idea. Well, uh, well the other thing too, though, the, the, the really the best thing about the original is that it's genuinely strange. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very all strange. over the place. It's a, very, it's, a, it's a very unique song. There aren't too many... I mean, how many verses are there in that song? I think there's seven verses. Yeah. And then, and how many tempo changes and right. how many time yeah. signature yeah. changes mm-hmm. and how many narrator points of view changes are there? I mean, it's, it's so eccentric. With a pink carnation and a pickup truck. You know, it's actually, you know, it's actually. <laughs> but I knew that I was out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we talked about Dylan. It also reminds me of like those like epic Simon and Garfunkel yeah. songs. And it predates or sort of lands in the sort of kind of apocalyptic surrealism of uh, Hotel California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is literally, I think around the same year that American Pie came out, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey by Bruce Springsteen Bruce came Sp- out. And what's interesting about the early Bruce Springsteen, he also has these crazy song structures that go all over the place, uh, you know, Blinded by the yeah. Light. Yeah. For you. Yeah. It's hard to be a saint in the city. Spirit yeah. in the night. That's, that's my favorite Bruce Springsteen album. It's one. Or yeah. E Street Shuffle. No, no, that was the first one. Greetings. Okay, so E Street Shuffle was second the second one, one right. Yeah. Those two albums I like. After that, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> bloody hell. Another topic for another uh, time. Another topic. But, yeah. but, but again, what I'm saying is Don McLean was sort of actually being very musical sorry, contemporary. Sorry, Bruce Springsteen fans. I know I've offended <laughs> everybody now. But. Anyway, in other words, Bruce Springsteen was a new Dylan. Yes, well, that's that's how they that's that Marked was him. a big mistake that Columbia did that they said the you know the new Bob Dylan I mean how to set an artist up for failure, you know tell them that you know, the second coming of Christ is here and everyone's going to bat it down. You know? um, well, so the thing about this song is she's covering 
one of the most iconic songs of the 70s. Yes. In the year 2000. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself. One of the longest songs of the 70s as well, I would say. Yes. I mean, Jesus Christ, that, that's a radio song, right? Yeah. How long is Eight and a half minutes. Eight and a half minutes. The original, Don McLean's original American yeah. Pie is eight and a half yeah. minutes. And he insisted that they play the full eight and a half mu- minutes on the radio. He would not release it as, the single had two sides. Right. Actually, he would not, the only place that it actually had an edit was Australia. And I think it, I think that pissed him off. Mm-hmm. Let, let's hear the track. Let's Definitely. hear the, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's actually listen to the original. remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance, that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver with every paper I'd deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. That was bad. I can't remember. I mean, that's unsingable. Mm-hmm. Read about his widowed bride, but something touched me deep inside the day the music died. So, bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above If the Bible tells you so Now a verdict was returned 
that I die Help the skelter in the summer swelter The birds flew off with a fallout shelter Eight miles high and falling fast It landed foul on the grass The players tried for a forward pass With the jester on the sidelines in a cast Now the halftime air was sweet perfume While the sergeants played a marching tune Whiskey and rye 
Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die They were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry Then good old boys were drinking whiskey Miss American Pie is a brilliant, it's a brilliantly written song. Lyrics are incredible. Madonna's whole thing, well, there's, Madonna has sort of two angles, I think. She's bringing sort of- two angles. Two angles. (laughs) Well, maybe she has a few more angles. No, but the two sort of major threads with Madonna, I think, are number one, she brings underground music to the mainstream. She brought- from her first single. Yes. She, no, she brought. Yeah. I didn't say she brings any more, though. Well, she yeah. tries. She, no, she works with like yeah. the top dance music producers. And, yeah. Oh, she, and over the years, absolutely. Yeah. From Mark Kamen's Jelly Bean Benitez to William Orbit to what's his name? Jack Leconte. Jack Leconte. Murway. Jacques Leconte. Yeah. Murway. Um, yeah. I'm sure she has a Daft Punk in there. Massive Attack she's worked with. Well, that was, um, they did a cover of I Want You by Marvin Gaye for the Red Hot and right. something or other. She succeeds often in communicating sort of street styles, uh, subcultural things. And then I think the other thing that she does is she just swings for the rafters. She just goes big. If she makes a, if she makes a mistake, it's big. If she makes a success... It's huge, you know? So she'll try almost anything and put her mark on it. And like I said, when it, when it, when it works, it's great. When it fails. Anything Madonna does is going to get attention. So it's, 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 you know, and, and she's, she, she takes chances. And this song was a chance. Jeez. It was a, ch- it was a weird choice. And then they stuffed it with every cliche possible to make it banal. Can I, can, do we know why? They even covered this. Why did they want to cover this song? Let's go do a bunch of cocaine and listen to American Pie. A long, long time ago, I can still... God, what a terribly cheesy opening. music used to make me smile. And I knew that if I had my chance, I could make those... Lounge Madonna. Maybe they'd be... That piano is just... Cheeseball City. Absolutely horrible, fake, rave, cliche, smorgasbord. It's like every rave music cliche of the 90s in one piece of music. And then it goes into... Oh, God, what's that song from uh, Austin Powers? Awkward line reading. Absolutely atrocious backing vocals.
one of the most awkward line readings in all of popular music, I think. I don't want to hear Madonna say, the children screamed. It's not something that I'm just waiting to hear out of Madonna's mouth. Oh. At least she's a little sacrilegious in this song in Madonna style. bad it's like David Letterman This is how big the worst cover song of all time is. It reached number one in the United Kingdom, Australia, Iceland, Italy. Iceland. Iceland, a huge, huge population. Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and Finland. And it was the 19th best-selling single of 2000 in the UK, ninth best in Sweden. And it just, it it reached the top 30 just barely in America, which Mm -hmm. usually Europe has has the edge on taste, but... I guess, right. in that instance. What's really fun about this song and investigating it is, is all the bad decisions that led to it happening. Okay, so American Pie, the Madonna cover, comes off of the soundtrack of the next big thing, next best thing. Okay, who here has seen the next best thing? Not I. Anyone? Not Anyone I. in the audience? Uh, I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay, so the next best thing is a absolutely terrible romantic comedy. I think I did see it once. With Rupert Everett. It's Rupert Everett and Madonna and and Benjamin Bratt. Madonna plays Madonna or some, you know, Madonna plays a cool urban woman and she decides she wants a baby and who's she going to have her baby with but her gay BFF played by Rupert Everett. Oh, I remember this. I didn't see it, but I remember, yeah, yeah. And then she's with Benjamin Bratt as her heterosexual boyfriend and she wants the baby back and she has to then get into a terrible legal fight with her gay BFF who fathered her child. 
Um, oh, it was also the last film directed by John Schlesinger. Wow. Who's a great director. Great director. Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Falcon the Snowman. And, I love that movie. And of course, um, Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy, yeah. yeah. So- uh, Another British director, John Schlesinger. John, yes, exactly. Britain, Britain is, is culpable in many of the worst cover songs, clearly. Um, so uh, let me tell you- So I don't think it was John Schlesinger's idea to- it, because it was released on Maverick Records, right? Yeah. Definitely an NR guy. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> so Roger Ebert gave the yep. film one star. He said, the next best thing is a garage sale of gay issues harnessed to a plot as exhausted as a junk man's horse. Hmm. It received a 19% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. That's very cool. bad. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and Madonna won a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actress. Hmm. Um, and then it was nominated for Worst Director. Wow. Worst picture, which it lost to Battlefield Earth. Oh, I think, yeah. John Travolta Scientology. Oh, movie. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, worst Didn't screen, see that either. Worst screenplay. Okay. Also good. lost to Battlefield Earth. Wow. And worst screen couple. Madonna and Rupert also Everett. lost to Battlefield Earth. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't decide <laughs> if Madonna or Rupert Everett or Benjamin Bratt was the worst. Um, and so naturally, it being a Madonna movie, you have to have a tie-in soundtrack. Yes, of course. Um, and Brilliant. Yes. We're going to do a soundtrack. And we're going to get two Madonna songs yeah, on the soundtrack. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. We need it fast. Now, by the way, um, a recurring theme with Madonna, when she fails, she fails. So this is a terrible movie. It opened at number two. Yeah. And American Pie, terrible song, massive hit. Right. So, you know, it, the correlation of quality and popularity, you know, sometimes if it sells, it does smell. Yeah. Apparently, Madonna... Well, she's the executive producer of the soundtrack and handpicked all the tracks that appeared. The, the Irish, I think it was the Irish Times, was it the Irish Times that said this? They said, it takes a special level of hubris to assume that what the world needs is for you to release an updated version of one of the most celebrated tracks mm -hmm. of all time. And while Madonna can hardly be accused of hiding her light behind an age-appropriate bushel, it was still a shock when she hacked through American Pie, half singing the track, adding a William Orbit beat and removing all but the second and sixth verses opening the track with half of the first as if to signal that, yep, this is what really is happening here. The day that music died indeed. Um, so the blame for this song can be put on Rupert Everett. Why is that? It was Rupert Everett did backing vocals. It's he so, sings on the song. So, okay. And which is bad enough. <laughs> well, no, that's it's, okay. Rupert Everett convinced Madonna to sing this song. So he, as a, as an A&R man, he's a fantastic, compelling screen personality. Mm -hmm. As a backup singer, he's a fantastic screen personality. Don't take your A&R tips from your co-star. Correct. Uh, what, oh, what else was on the album though? I didn't buy this record by the way. Obviously. It came in the mail. Yeah. Oh, there was um, some Moby. There's some Beth Orton. Christina Aguilera. Groove Armada. So it's a pretty hip soundtrack for 2000. Groove yeah. Armada, Beth Orton, Moby. No, it, it was trying yeah. to be yeah. Yeah. really sort of state-of-the-art electronica. Right. And then, of course, Christine Aguilera had a couple of Madonna songs to, you know, as, as insurance policy. M Madonna <laughs> swinging for the, for the, you know, for the rafters. Like she put out that sex book, 
a disaster, a fascinating disaster. Right. You know what I mean? This is just a little less fascinating. So yeah, so she basically hacked out two or no, four verses, I think. How many songs? Yeah, but you know what? Would you have wanted her to have done all eight? I mean, it was it was like you want it to end. So uh, all eight, I don't think I would have been able to have even taken. I mean, I think. But the, then you the, shouldn't do it in the first place. Right. The death rate, you know, the, the, the mortality of the rate would have gone up globally if eight verses of Miss America. Oh, yeah. Bye bye, Miss America. But bye, the problem. Bye, Madonna, the, would have come out. I mean, the problem is, is that also it's like. So, so again, something that sort of started, I think, around 2000. I mean, it started earlier, but 2000 was sort of the Baroque apogee of the big room, cheesy, nostalgic cover. Yeah. Of a you know, big, big room dance club yep. uh, cover song. And this is sort of the high class version. Yeah. You know, it's got Spike Stent mixing it. It's got, uh, you know, William Orbit producing and it's got Rupert Everett on background vocals. Well, the Rupert Everett thing, I mean, how they got him to do that, I don't know. You know, he, a... But I mean, and again, like think of the bad decisions here, like, I've got it. <laughs> You're going to cover American Pie. I'll be in the studio. I'll produce it with you and I will sing it with you. So I'm going to break it down. Here we go. So when the song begins, you know you're in trouble. You've got that like lounge piano. Yeah. And she's intoning over it with the terrible reverb. And then when it, the music kicks in, I remember being shocked by it then and I remember being shocked revisiting it. It's literally the very, that, that first big kick, it's every rave music cliche simultaneously at once. Yeah. And not only is it rave music cliches of the era, but it's like rave music cliches from like 1989. Like, like it sounds like Sesame's Treat to me. You know what I mean? It, it, Sesame Street, by the way, is a rave cover of the Sesame Street theme, which, believe me, that's going to show up in a disinfect episode, you know, in the future. But literally, there was this moment in rave music where they had these, they, they take these like children's TV melodies and, and put them, you know, put them to a beat. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and people bought them and right. they sound fucking terrible. They're, you know, they're some of the most annoying tracks. You yeah, but if you were at a rave... They probably sounded great, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's just afterwards when you buy it, you take it home, you realize how bad it was. Well, I mean, but one Sesame Street is enough. There were like four. There was uh, Travel to Trump Town. Which Travel to Trumpton. 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 Yeah. Well, Trumpton was a British, yeah, Brew, Jew, Barney McGrew, Cuthbert, Dibble, Drub. That was, right. that was the British um, um, TV show. So what's Fantastic. So right. If you don't know, Google it. Awesome stuff. Nothing to do with your president. <laughs> yeah, no Trump. It's Trumpton. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, what's what's annoying about that to me that the, the Cod Rave moment was she made some pretty great electronic music records with William Orbit, and now she's making this like not trying at all electronic, you know, like and then when the when the you know when the beat comes in, no tension. When she's you know that when the verse comes in, it's like you're like what and i mean that and dance music is all about like those those you know those moments and it's just like you're just sliding into this like no no impact i mean it's really bad if you're ever in a recording session and someone says the words ear candy you're in trouble you're done the song is terrible 
And what, the, what that means is they're going to add ear candy to your song, which means right. they're going to fluff it up. They're trying to put lipstick on a pig. Babe. Lipstick on a pig. And so, like, if you listen to this song. There's a lot of lipstick. <laughs> and it's a quite a big pig to cover. Um, I mean, they, you know, like, you have, like, the cheesy little bells, church bells, pretty much every sort of cheesy metaphor. William, put the kitchen sink in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it, we need to fix it. Every, every image, every cliched image in the original is made literal. Yeah. in this version um it's really bad uh oh let's talk about the vocal performance mm -hmm. on this song now now again there's a thing and madonna actually talked about this she didn't want to do the song she had to be talked into it by rupert everett by rupert everett and also someone at the record company yeah there's a thing when artists are told to do something or like you need to do this this is a good idea and they resist it you can hear it in their performance right like they kind of, they, they, in other words, they, they do it so, like, like, like Harrison Ford and Blade Runner originally it had a, it had a, um, a voiceover. Right. And he hated the voiceover. So he thought, okay, I'm going to do it as badly as possible. Right. And they won't use it. Right. right. And, and Madonna's vocal on this is like, I, I, like that. Are you sure about that? Because Madonna doing something that she doesn't want to do and it's her record company. She's the boss of that company. How, how? Wait, you're a boss of a company. You don't make bad decisions occasionally? No, no, you make bad, but you're saying that she didn't want to do the song. She, well, she had to be talked into it. And right. then she had to be talked into releasing it. Right, but it's interesting. You think that's revisionist history? I think so, because she, it's her, it was her record company. Well, and also, to be honest, I grew up in the Midwest. Yeah. I'm about 10 years younger than Madonna. So, I think you're a lot. No. She, she's, she's 10 years older than me, exactly. Like, uh, uh, 100%. Uh, really? I know for, I, okay. I dated someone that went to college with her. I dated Madonna. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I still think she's lying about her age, to be honest no, with you. No. <laughs> um, you got her birth certificate? I know someone who went to college with her. <laughs> right. Um, I kissed that person. So, uh, oh, okay. So, Interesting. <laughs> um, no, but, but again, it's like with Madonna. So you're like, you're like, one degree one away degree. Oh, from a, yes. from kissing Madonna, the fact that you kissed somebody who went to college with Correct. her. Was she a friend of Madonna's at college or she just was at she the same of, college? She knew of Madonna. She knew of Madonna. Madonna was, okay. I think, this a bohemian sounds, This sounds legend. very like she Shady. knew of her. She was at the same college as Madonna. That's like saying I lived in the same country anyway. as, okay, go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know, therefore, you know. So but, what, but the reason I say that is being a guy from the Midwest and being of the, from that era. And somebody who, you dated or kissed <laughs> who was in the same vicinity as Madonna at some uh, point. Yeah, go ahead. We're going to yeah, do a blog. Yeah, we're yeah. going to do a podcast about every, everyone you've kissed on the grounds of, 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 of Manchester United. Um, you don't kiss people at that ground. You punch so. them. Yes, exactly. I understand when she was, I guess I was seven when this, or no, four when the song came out, she was 14. She was probably pretty susceptible to, the, you know, this is an iconic song oh, from, from her big, childhood. Big, big song. Big so song. for her to say like tune, as they yeah, say, tune, C H O O N <laughs> is the proper British spelling. Um, yeah, it's an iconic song from an, from an American childhood. A big song in England. Yeah, huge. I mean, so for to say like Rupert Everett suggested it, she yeah, knew the yeah, song yeah. inside and, and out. As Rupert did, Rupert's English. And then so again, the other thing too, the original is so weird that you realize when trying to cover it. A it resists a four four beat. Yeah. Which totally. Which, you know, 
it's so many different meters and and all dance music with you know you need a beat behind it you need a solid yeah and then the other thing is once you try to sort of reduce it to like a four four thing you actually realize like some of these lines are unsingable right other than by don mcclain like yeah well i know that you're in love with him because i saw you dancing dancing in the gym yes i mean that is you know who can who can sing that authoritative and by the way do you want to hear madonna say now do you believe in rock and roll yeah we both kicked off our shoes man i dig those rhythm and blues now okay man i dig those rhythm and blues now this this is one of the great sins this is a sin that actually was so this was a sin performed by don mclean okay white people singing about like the greatness of old blues and soul music is really what like walking in memphis I don't. I can't think of any good examples of that. And so, of like talking about the like when I saw Jackie, you know, um, when I saw James. There's a sort of nostalgic, sort of American group, and I'm 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 drawing a blank. But like that line, um, man, I dig those rhythm and blues. Like that. Like <laughs> if you're not a blues singer, you can't sing that line. I was a lonely teenage. Oh, brucking, bronking buck. With a pink carnation and a pickup truck. Now, that, now, it's, now, what I like when you bring that up, that is the, is that the entree of the terrible, no. But I knew I was out of luck. But I knew. <laughs> the day the music died. You are a new Dylan. <laughs> okay, the death blow to the song is Rupert Everett's backup singing. It's, it's bad enough that he chose the song. Yeah, but, but the fact he's on it. So I remember listening to it and, and thinking, oh my God, those backing vocals are horrible and then i found out it's rupert whose idea who thought it was a good idea the person who thought it was a good idea to do the song every time he's in there it takes me out of the song right completely has he done any other songs before or since or was that the pinnacle of his musical career truthfully i have no freaking idea because i don't recall any rupert ever albums yeah like I said, <laughs> as an A&R guy, he's a great yeah, um, yeah. B-plus movie yeah, star. Exactly. Um, oh, the other thing that's really annoying about this song to me is, again, it's that like, well, it worked before. Oh, it was a big song. We'll cover it. Literally, when it goes into the verse, it's going into Beautiful Stranger by Madonna. Right. It's like, it's trying to remind you of another hit from another soundtrack. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else is just. I mean, but the levy. Oh, the way she says, but the levy was dry. Yes. The way she says dry, it's like she's never said the word before. It's like it's like an English language. Is this when Madonna was starting to talk with an English accent, or was she? I mean, or was this? I think she was after, with Guy Ritchie. Right. So she was now talking with an English accent. So I think it was creeping in here and okay. there, and that. But I also think too. So just, I think that's why she had a problem with the word dry because because she now had a different elocution and well, oh, pronunciations you, dry yes. <laughs> well, I, but also too i think it was sort of an inverse like jazzing in other words when it, when it, when an artist covers a song they want to put their own spin on it yes and so they will play with the melody yep and i think that was her sort of trying to make the ed- melody a little edgy and it just flattens the melody so anyway so we so so it's a cover of american pie but somehow we're in beautiful stranger then this like, and we're in every rave cliche up to that point. Yeah, playing simultaneously, and then there's this twangy Dwayne Eddy guitar. 
Well, that's going back to the music dying. Yes. Sort of the Richie Valens. But even that uh, song did not have such shameless... No. No. You know. Oh, and then again, it has... Remember I talked about white people singing about how they love the blues? Yeah. I met a girl who sang the blues. Blues, yeah, yeah. I asked her for some happy news. Yeah. But she just smiled and turned away. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. That is an egregious trio of, of lines. Madonna... No one, Aretha Franklin couldn't do shit with that, with that, with those lines. I mean, I know Aretha Franklin could sing the phone book and it would sound fantastic. Um, Or could have sung the phone book and sounded fantastic. Oh, and then I, and then also Rupert Everett, he really, really asserts himself in that last verse. They do this call and response. Oh, God. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's both the worst part of the original and it's the worst part of this, which is, um, well, now in the street, the children scream. The children scream. I mean, you don't want to hear it. You don't, like, what? And then... Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. Is that... Is that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's something really annoying about Madonna. I can't remember if I cried yeah. when I heard about his widow bride. You know, something touched me deep inside. It's not Tupac. The day the music died. It, yeah. it is very poetic, that's I've got to say. I mean kudos the original is its own thing the very last that david music died is, is rupert everett's worst backing vocal it really and then oh and it's and it's married to these squelchy incongru, incongruous rave synths it's like it's very solemn the day the music died and then squelch squelch wah, 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 you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's like it's ridiculous um and then at one point there's Literally, every, I mean, the, count, counting the rave cliches. So, like, Paul Young had many Joe Cockers. Pat Travers had many inadvertent um, uh, Gary Newmans. This is just pylon. So, there's the rising siren. Mm-hmm. And this is at the end of the song. There's a... You know, there's this... There's an acid line. An acid synthesizer. Mm-hmm. On, on, on it. There's, there's that sort of orbital circular synth figure this mm-hmm. and you're like okay it's the year 2000 mm-hmm. why are why are these rave tricks from 1992 well they were trying to they were throwing everything at trying to save the song at that point it was like that doesn't work let's try you know 90 1992 rave and yeah like you know it's just nope that doesn't work let's try this it's just so and, and then, then just to leave it all in. Maybe yeah. that'll just, we'll yeah. just do it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll just get rid of every all yeah. these old hard drives. We'll right. just run yeah. them all at what So then I found another characteristic of bad cover songs and bad songs in general. Bizarre, non end anticlimax. Mm-hmm. So this song, it literally it's it literally ends with We started singing. We started singing. Like, we started singing. Well, they'd given up at that point. Yeah. And that's why they didn't do all eight verses, because like they were just like, look, we, we just we're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> just just let how do we exit this gracefully? It's gonna have to be on the album. So but we just we need to stop now. Yeah. So, it's I, like Bohemian Rhapsody. You don't want to yeah. hear the big room house music version by Madonna or otherwise. You don't want to hear River Deep Mountain High, the big room dance music version. I think these are uncoverable songs. Right. No, I mean, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, the dance I'm sure that it, it exists out there. Oh my God. I know. Um, and then again, it's this other thing. It's like you cover an imperfect song already. 
you're not you're gonna you're gonna only increase the imperfections. Yes, agreed. Oh, and I'm trying to think too. There's like Paul Van Dyke. There's other terrible rave sounds of that era. You know, the the big room. Like, who were some of the big room names of that time? Well, it was um, yeah, Paul Van Dyke, um, Tiesto. Tiesto, Paul, Paul Oakenfold, of course. Yeah. Um, okay, so what is good about this song? Uh, it ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say this. The video was actually kind of cool. I never saw the video. The video actually was Madonna. It was a lot of, it was, she was showing both heteronormative and non-heteronormative people kissing. Okay. And sort of rubbing that in people's faces in a great way. Yep. And I think this is one of, you know, so bad song, but the video did achieve something right. socially. And I think this yep. is something that's sort of underrated. Maybe it's, Madonna has helped change attitudes. Yeah. About towards, you know, so many uh, societal mores. And so I think that's the only good thing about the song. Yeah. <laughs> is that, um, the Fair enough. Now, the internet was kind of funny about this song. Um, it was voted, like I said, the worst cover version of all time. By the spectator. Yes. The NME uh, called it sub karaoke fluff. And yep. it's it's a blessing she didn't recover. <laughs> it's a blessing she didn't bother recording the whole thing. Yep. Agreed. The big test, I think, for a cover version is what does the, ori the, the original artist think of the cover version? Yeah. So what do you think Don McLean thought of American Pie? He probably liked it because he knew that he was going to get big royalty checks coming out of it. So I'm sure he liked it. And Morris is correct. It's a gift for her to have recorded <laughs> yeah, American Pie, McLean said. Because he's going to, he got more money from it. That's why it's a gift. I think it is sensual and mystical. Oh. I also feel that she's chosen autobiographical verses that reflect her career and personal history. I received many gifts from God, but this is the first time I've ever received a gift from a goddess. Oh my God. He's, he's brown nosing. You know what we call that in the old country? What's that? Pure and utter horseshit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, definitely helped with his royalty checks, right? Oh, God. Yeah, but okay. Now, this is what's funny. Okay, it's all funny. But Madonna, in the end, beautifully was in on the joke. So. In 2001, she realized that she had gone completely insane, and she was being interviewed on the BBC by Joe Wiley. Joe Wiley. Yep. And uh, she admitted on camera to regretting doing American Pie, and she said the only reason she did it was, quote, a certain record company exec twisted her arm into doing it. Mm-hmm. And who was that certain record company exec? I think I know, but I'm not going to say. Guy Osiri? I didn't say that. As Steve Coogan yeah, once you, said, it's for me to think say, and for you to yeah. say. Now, you really, now Madonna made it very clear how she felt about this song. And the way you know how Madonna feels about a song is when it goes to number one in 40 countries mm -hmm. and she leaves it off her greatest hits album. Right. So her second greatest hits album, she left it off. Now, oversight? No. Madonna was asked why she left American Pie off and she said, my gut told me not to do it, but I did it and then I regretted it. So just for that reason, it doesn't deserve a place on my greatest hits album. And she said she wanted to actually punish the song. 
listen, respect to her for not putting on the greatest hits record. But she, but but every we were all punished in advance. Yes, but you, you know, know, you can be say you're sorry for the Iraq War, right? And then, right, but but she did it in the first place. You know, we make our choices. Right. Yeah. You made your bed. You better lie in it. Yeah. And then, and that bed happened to be the worst cover song of all time, as determined by the Spectator, by a major <laughs> UK newspaper in a very scientific poll Mag magazine. Yes. <laughs> so um, that is the end. We've come out with some absolute useless information that I hope will be useful to you. Yes. <laughs> but but they were stinkers. They really were stinkers. Yes. Yeah. They needed to be aired out. Yeah. And we did it. Definitely. All right. Well so, done. Well, um, I hope we I hope the stench goes yeah, away. Yeah, the, the studio is smelling better now, I've got to say, yes. after, you know, airing those out. Yeah. Well cheers to you. Yeah. So let's um <laughs> well let's go celebrate. Uh, yeah. we'll see you then. <laughs> And by the way, in the next episode, we will be talking directly to uh, William Orbit, who, as we mentioned, is the co-creator and co-producer of Madonna's American Pie cover. So we hope you'll check out that episode. And uh, until then, good night. Disinfect was created by Morris Bernstein and Matt Deal. Produced by Sean Lewis and Esther Yoon. Theme music by Jeremy Clark, a.k.a. Mr. 66. Artwork by Bill McMullen, a.k.a. Millions Make Millions. If you want to tell us how much you love or hate, disinfect, or wish to purchase an extremely overpriced commemorative mug, oven mitt, or t-shirt, Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and DisinfectPodcast.com. You can also contact us at info at DisinfectPodcast.com. Please like, subscribe, donate, all that shit. Thank you and see you next episode to disinfect more of music's worst songs. Wherever fine podcasts are shilled, copyright Giant Step 2020, and whatever other necessary boilerplate legal mumbo jumbo blah 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 you hear at the end of your favorite podcasts. <laughs>